Get ready for the greatest roast of all time. The Roast of Tom Brady. A Netflix live event happening May 5th. Hosted by Kevin Hart, the seven-time world champion gets his cleats held to the fire by famous friends and frenemies on an unforgettable night where everything is fair game. Tune in on May 5th at 5 p.m. Pacific time for The Roast of Tom Brady, live only on Netflix. You ready? Showtime. On May 3rd, summer starts with The Fall Guy. What are you doing later? Let's drink a spicy margarita. Make some bad decisions. Yes! Audiences are falling in love with the most entertaining film of the year. Fall guy. Fall guy. Fall guy. That's what the poster said. See Ryan Gosling and Emily Blunt in the movie critics say exists to make you happy. Trying to make it out? Nope. Because I don't either. It's not what I'm into right now. What are you into? Talking. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> the Fall Guy. Only in theaters May 3rd. Read it PG-13. With threats to our nation waiting around every corner, adaptability is more important than ever. When conditions change without notice, quick strategic thinking is crucial. And with obstacles consistently impending, determination is essential in overcoming them. It's this willingness, decisiveness, and resilience that sets Marines apart. With our fighting spirit, we don't just fight battles, we win them. Marines are the constant our nation counts on to fight the unknown. And through adaptable problem solving, we do just that. Learn more at Marines.com. Welcome to this week's Attacking Scrum podcast. We were saying last week that we had to blag our way through it, and there wasn't a great deal. Uh, it wasn't a great deal to talk about. And if I thought last week was bad, this week is—I uh, don't know what tangents we're going to head off on this week, Murph. Um, I've got the—I've got the emergency, uh, the emergency uh, prop here of the Rothmans Rugby Yearbook '95, '96, which we will be consulting at various points um just to test your memory of the era um and we've even we've even dragged dan killick out of bed for this as well um so it is out of bed uh, <laughs> <laughs> or off the uh, yeah off the treatment table that's right um, yeah and into straight into the starting lineup which um i tell you what you you might well be getting a, a similar call from die young dan and uh, and turning up for cardiff soon because it's uh well, it's all a bit of a mess at the moment, rugby, isn't it? It's an absolute mess. Obviously, we've got the, the two suspended fixtures this weekend. We we will have a look at the two games featuring the Welsh sides that went ahead. We're going to have a look at Europe, whatever that might look like. Um, so, yeah, listeners, strap in. Be prepared for us to wander off on some very, very weird tangents um, as we try and blag our, uh, blag our way through this. Um, but how are you doing, Dan? Good to have you back. Yeah, good. Thanks. You saved me from from my ice bath. So, <laughs> yeah, I'm pretty pretty good. Had a had an evening last night at um, over at Stratford, the indoor an indoor cycling event. So I was thinking of uh, thinking of Murph in particular on the cycling front, but you as well. Stay t- stay tuned for that because that will definitely come up in the second half when we've run out of material. Um, Which was incredible, <laughs> by the way. Was it? <laughs> yeah, great event. Really good. Oh, well, there we go. Look, look forward to getting Dan's uh, Dan's take on that. What about you, Murph? What's going on? 
Um, yeah, fine. I, I think with um, the amount of column inches and whatever, whatever else you might call it, media reaction to the COVID outbreak, I think this could be, not thinking about it now, after we've worried about it before kickoff, it could be easy to fill in just on the, you know, the the um, fallout and the issues that have arisen from um, our favourite new variant, uh, Omicron, or Omicron Prime. <laughs> um, yeah, I mean, this this is the story that hasn't gone away. I, I watched Scrum 5 for some inspiration earlier, which I don't always do. I thought, well, I'll stick this on and see. And uh, Catherine Hellers was saying, you know, this, it's like something out of a movie script. I was thinking in my head going, what a crap movie this would be. Like <laughs> just you know a, a bunch of a bunch of rugby players sat in their room getting pissed for for days with very little happening. Um, I mean, I I just think it's a mess to be honest. Like you know what it does for the league season, it's going to completely annihilate um, either of the sides' chances in Europe, and they're still going to have to you know they're going to have to field a side you know Cardiff in particular going to have to field a side of anyone who's available to play rugby on the uh, on the eleventh of December. Yeah, I've heard a few people say that this week about the kind of reserve side that um, Cardiff have got a pro. But, you know, I, I think people might be getting carried away there because Cardiff first team could have had 40 points put on them by Toulouse, no problem at all. Mm. Yeah, uh, so, it was, you know, they were never going to win the game. They were, you know, unless it was, you know, once in a blue moon, Cardiff upset someone in, in Europe at home in the rain, you know, kind of thing. Like Stade Francais a couple of times in the last decade, in my view. Yeah, they but did I, Toulon as well, didn't they? About 2013. That's right. Yeah, Toulon, yeah, yeah. But it's very rare. And um, in current form, I wouldn't expect, you know, it wasn't didn't feel like it was on the cards or anything. And so all Toulouse really won out of this game is five points. You know, they're not, some people are suggesting it could be 80 points, 90 points, because, you know, it could be literal teenagers fielded for Cardiff. Um, against Toulouse but I can see Toulouse coming down getting getting four tries and uh, throwing the subs on and um, waiting for the final whistle so I don't know if that's going to happen either but um, yeah they, it, it, you're, going back to the film script thing you're right it, it, you know it'd be a lot of uh, uh, internet um, uh, surfing going on in, the, in those uh, hotel rooms but uh I suppose the film script part that she referred to comes in from just the different fortunes of the three, four teams. Because mm. Zebri, I think Zebri were caught up in it as well, weren't they? Zebri caught up in the Omicron as well? I thought there was another. Anyway, two Welsh teams and, and Munster. And, um, yeah, one of the Italian. Yeah, the, yeah I think caught, it was Zebri. Was caught yeah. up in it. Yeah, yeah. definitely. Um, and, and like Munster got out fairly quick. Uh, the Scarlets are in uh, Belfast, which is a weird arrangement if you think about it yeah it is um, really and Cardiff have only just made it back on Friday night I think they, they so, um, parted on Friday yeah it's been carnage really for the league and for different teams of the league so um, uh, it does it just throws I mean, it, uh, the other thing that, off the back of that is how quickly the South African sides rearrange fixtures to play each other this weekend like as if there's no there's no issue with any uh, viruses in South, in South Africa yeah, I mean, I, I imagine that there must be, well, you would hope there's rigorous testing going on to make sure that, 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 that's, the, that that's not going to cause an upset. But I mean, that, that probably is good that there is at least some fixtures taking place to avoid 
even further congestion. I mean, you'd mm. guess that there's going to be games played during the Six Nations again now, mm. uh, just to, to kind of get rid of the, the backlog. I mean, Christ knows where, though. I, there's n- surely there is no way in hell that any of these sides are going to go back to South Africa. You know, you wouldn't, would you? Dan, if you were asked, you know, if you were if you were playing for Cardiff and you were asked to go and play in South Africa in, in February, you'd be tempted to say flat out no, wouldn't you? Yeah, I think you really would be tempted. Yeah, and I don't, you know, I don't know what they can do this, because they can't. They can't be certain about anything, can they? Like you know, how if you if you do, if they went over in February and then you, you know, you test you you test positive, some someone else in the camp tests. It, it it can just the periods can just go on and on and on, can't they? I mean, some of the boys that are out there now. You know there is a chance that they could miss Christmas. There, it, it is, it's not inconceivable. Um, and yeah, I think this will, this will live with them, won't it? They just, I, I think it's not only the players; it's the it's the families. Will the families say, yeah, you know, you go, you know, you can go? I think a lot of them will say, no, look, um, we can't, you know, we can't, we can't risk that. Do you think it throws the whole? premise of the league into you know into uncertainty because looking forward into next absolutely you know can you realistically say even if they blag their way through the season can you realistically say that you can have a league with and it's not I'm not picking on South Africa obviously you know the United Kingdom has been through a a, you know hugely uh, a hugely um, rough time with it as well but it's just the fact of of when you're crossing over so many international borders, it, it must just be too um, too unpredictable when you're in in the midst of a global pandemic. I I, I just struggle to see how this is going to happen. Uh, you know how this is going to happen going into next season. Yeah, I do as well. Logistically, I mean, you know, if something happens, you want to be, you know, as close to home <clears throat> as possible, don't you? That's where you feel safer, naturally, and just. It, it's I can't I can't quite see how they can find a um, a solution to this in the in the near term. So yeah, that does have a big impact on the league. What do you reckon, Murph? Is it you know realistically is this something that can work in the in the medium to long term? Well, I, I, I don't know about um, medium to long term, but the reason we, we we've got this issue now is because. Uh, Europe and America, you know, the kind of the Western world hasn't been sharing the vaccine around. Mm. Uh, the, the way, you know, countries like South Africa, South Africa are not a poor country, but they're certainly not a, I mean, there's wealth in there. There's wealthy, wealthy companies Pockets, and wealthy yeah. individuals in, in that country, but the government is not a wealthy, uh, wealthy government. And they certainly haven't got the kind of medical resources that we have up here. And one of the problems with this pro- this issue shows is that uh well it's a cliche but we're not protected until everyone's protected so th- this this the the um virus being able to mutate in south africa because it, it, no one's no one well no one is the wrong word but not enough people are vaccinated down there and there's a thing about um what they call intellectual property about the make allowing other countries and other mm people to make their own vaccine or giving them enough, you know, giving them enough um, uh, 
vaccines to give to their population. And, and I think this, that's the root of where we are now. Medium to long term, uh, we, we've already dis uh, discussed that the medium to long term is us in a British league. So I don't know where that leads. leads the South Africans are probably back in bed with the uh, the, the Australians, but it, 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 this was like um, this decision to bring the South Africans was just purely based on they could raise some money from it. Yeah, I don't think there's any long termism in Which, it at all. No, I don't think there is. But in peacetime, if you like, that's kind of understandable. You can kind of think, right? Well, you know, we'll take we'll take on all waves and strays. We'll take the South African broadcast money for three years. And then we try and forge something, um, you know, again, I've, I've been, I, I would love to see a British and Irish league, as I've said on this show a number of times, I feel less and less hopeful about that, the more, you know, kind of the more time's gone on. Um, but the whole South African thing, I, I just think in the long run, it was all, there was always going to be a logistical nightmare, um, having South African sides in there because of the, the traveling that's involved. I don't think it makes for a particularly good product anyway, because how long is it going to take for there to become a rivalry between the Bulls and Cardiff? Um, I don't know. Maybe maybe it'll be a bit bloody shorter now after all this. But um, but it's uh, you know there, there's there's no shared history there whatsoever, and so you know you're asking fans to kind of buy into buy into these um, completely contrived fixtures and and you know they did quite a good job of rebranding at the start of the season and the first five weeks were quite good because there were and I think the reason behind that was because there was no Heineken cup break in uh in mid-autumn like oh, there normally would have been mm, mm. um which meant that you had five weeks of consistent rugby you know most teams putting out strong sides during that time um but all of that hard work feels like it's completely unraveled doesn't it Dan or does it you know don't let me don't let me steer you on it no, it, it, yeah, no, I'm not, I'm not, I'm not steered. No, I think it does. It, it, it's. They, the organisers must be looking at it now and thinking, oh, geez, you know, we, we've got it into a place where. You know, I think there was a lot of question marks over it, wasn't there, if, when it was announced, and then we sort of got into it, didn't we? Settled in, and the rugby was looking, uh, you know, a lot more competitive, and it was probably in the, the best place, I'd say like if you look at it realistically that they could wish for mm. and then bang you know this is this is this has come about so it's a it's a real blow isn't it it's it's, it's every you know it's a real blow for the for the league for the organizers for the players for everyone and, and it's yeah it's not an it's not it's particularly tricky and challenging now isn't it to see how <laughs> how how you can get an easy uh, an easy roadmap out of it really um, yeah. And there's just so many knock-ons, aren't there, across the across the rugby calendar? It's it's extremely messy. It is, but, but you know, we said, um, well, you know, maybe at the start or the mid the middle of the first lockdown, and um, that this was a real opportunity for world rugby to sort itself out and get its house in order and address the root problems that are fundamentally too much rugby's played. Uh, a lot of it is meaningless and realistically you need a global calendar in order to manage these things and i don't feel like we're one inch closer to having any of those issues addressed than than we were pre-pandemic no it kind of was the best time wasn't it yeah as you as you said really to when things are so up in the air to 
to just rip everything up and make some make some big big changes because there's a lot of changes happening you know all around us it would have been would have been the opportune time but um yeah but, i think that's but in order to do that you've got to put aside self-interest and likewise yeah. you know all of these unions are, are going through a financial downturn whether you're fiji or tonga or england you know there is a everyone has seen a, a massive um has taken a massive financial hit and they're just scrambling for their own short-term existence aren't they um they are i think yeah i think yeah, yeah i mean if you know when you've with self-interest yeah it's 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 never easy is it to 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 sort of step away from that but when you do when you are in a in a financially more stable situation it's it's a lot more it's more plausible then that people may look at the the, the the bigger picture but it's in in desperate times yeah it's almost uh you know, you're bringing out the life jackets aren't you so mm. yeah people are scrambling and looking at looking looking at looking at survival so yeah maybe it was a little bit too uh i don't know maybe it was too optimistic of us yeah. to think that anything major was going to happen but uh yeah we certainly would have liked it wouldn't we yeah, what do you reckon, Murph? I feel like it's more than it would have been nice to have. I, you know, I just think if you look at the the commercial side of rugby, it can't carry on the way it does at the moment because, you know, obviously we know in Wales we're completely reliant on the internationals to to try and um, to try and fund the bulk of the bulk of rugby. We also know that that doesn't work uh, because realistically the um, either money coming from the WRU or regions uh, producing enough money to, to be competitive themselves. None of that has, has come into fruition. So we, we've got a massive problem with it. But likewise, in the, you know, in the English Premiership, none of those sides run at a, run at a profit. Or, mm. you know, on the odd occasion, you might get one season that, you know, one team that does. And it's going to, you know, it's going to go pop at some point. Because you just you can't just go. The answer to everything is play more rugby. No, yeah, um, but there's a few things there. I mean, globally, player wages might have to drop. Hmm. Mm. You know, the, the 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 issue with player wages is driven by the highest spending club normally, mm. the highest spending country club, whatever, whatever, whatever team should we say, and then everyone has to cry, try and keep up with them. Mm-hmm. And in this neck of the woods, that's Saracens. Saracens have done that by cheating the system. Then everyone else has had to try and compete with those wages, and that's where that's why we are where we are for clubs like that. Um, and so, you know, it's, it, it, agents is an issue <laughs> in any sport. Um, and you know, if 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 rugby doesn't generate massive amounts of money, then the players can't claim massive amounts of money unless they go off on their own and get endorsement money, like say cricketers in the eighties, for example. Mm. They were on a, a certain amount from their country or their county or whatever, and then everything else they did was this, you know, like shredded wheat or whatever else they were selling on telly. You know, they could be as wealthy as they wanted based on their own uh, resources, but you know. It, big sums of money are given to players and what we what we've thought about before with um, English clubs um, running at small loss and then being bailed out by a benefactor or whatever mm. I, I, having thought about that since I think the small running at small losses is, 
in some cases might be a tax dodge. So if you show a profit, you're liable for tax on that profit. Mm-hmm. If you show a slight loss, then everything's written off and you're, you're in the clear. I, I'm only saying that because I've worked for companies who yeah. would sell to a subsidiary at a loss abroad. So you work for a company here producing a product or whatever, and then they would sell it on to their own company in Europe at a loss. And then as a result, they're not paying anything major tax-wise. And that's probably a lot of the reason why, if it's every, if it was, you know, a few clubs were running a loss and they had a benefactor, then you could understand. But because they're all doing it, it seems, it just seems a bit, probably might have to invite an accountant on to explain yeah. why, why that's a thing. But I it just like seems to... too obvious that they're, if they're all doing it, there must be a reason. Well, it is. Oh, my gut, my gut would say that it's just spending beyond your own means, because I think yeah. you know, like you say, right? It's all triggered by the side who's spending the most. Now, France spends way more than even England do. You know, all the clubs in mm. France do. That's why they're they've got the best looking. That's TV bosses. money, though. There is TV money there. That's yeah, fine. Yeah. Yeah. But in order to compete with that, the English clubs, in particular Saracens, who you've mentioned, uh, were spending a huge amount to try and catch up with that. Mm. Saracens that has the the intern you know the, the knock on effect when it comes to when it comes to wages you could probably quite easily dig down on those wages and see how much of that went out the door and yeah. well the, be... the French clubs weren't breaking any rules they were spending no, they weren't. money they, they had weren't. that's they what weren't. I'm getting at so yeah. Yeah, you're right the most the the, the, the most uh, uh, lucrative league is the one we've all got especially in Europe if France is spending stupid amounts of money and they do then it drags everyone else's wages up around Europe because they've all got to try and uh, attract, you know, Southern Hemisphere top players, Randrande or what have you. His wages are inflated because he could have gone to a top club in France, mm. and, and that's where we—that's why we are where we are. Yeah, exactly. And I think look, it's, it's got to be a level playing field, hasn't it? Realistically, uh, and mm. yeah, we got the same thing in our own league, haven't we? You know, Leinster have got a massive, great—you know—obviously they bring in great Southern Hemisphere talent. They have a a conveyor belt of the best Irish talent as well that means they've got a massive squad their playing budget and training budget is way higher than any of you know than than our regions could could even dream of um, and as long as there's no salary cap in the league which naturally the Irish teams aren't keen on doing because they because they throw loads of money at it uh, it's, it's always going to be that way you'll get the odd season where someone like the Scarlets will, will be able to, to go and, and overachieve but realistically, it does come down to the fundamentals of, um, of that of that money needs to needs to be there. I'm not saying there needs to be handouts to the other sides, but when the gulf is that big, you know, um, I think that that's the that's the that's the problem with it. Um, is that you is there's just such a big gulf that naturally the the teams with lower playing budgets are, are going to struggle to you know are going to struggle to compete and. I don't know. I don't know if I, you know, if I'm in the minority on this, but I just think that competition is what makes it, is what makes it interesting. You know. Yeah, yeah. Well, what we were saying earlier about uh, an Anglo-Irish league or a British league or whatever, um, being less likely, mm. I think uh, suspending relegation in the Gallagher Premiership has improved their product greatly because. Teams are not playing negative as negatively as they were. They're trying. They weren't uh, desperately trying. They've stopped desperately trying to avoid defeat, and they're actually yeah. playing more rugby. So the games uh, since then in that league have gone much more entertaining. T- sides like Harlequins have been able to flourish. Worcester lately have started winning games because they're not 
just trying to scrape through games anymore. They're actually playing rugby. Well, it might have been something to do with signing loads of British Lions as well. But, you know, the, the, the product generally over there has improved. So what, what, what do they need us for? Well, no, and that's that's a good that's a good point. The argument has always been, well, if they're, well, the the way I've always seen it is that if they don't make if they don't make any money, there's only so long that a benefactor can prop you up before they get disinterested, and there's only a set number of benefactors to go round. Agree, the product is brilliant. Doesn't you know? They've not got a huge raft of commercial sponsors there. You know, the Gallagher deal was weird. It came out of the blue. It's not like it's a mainstream British brand, and I don't think they pay as much as Aviva did. And when you look below that, there's only a couple of other sponsors that are involved. It's not like it's a great commercial product because it's got an aging fan base as the whole as, as the whole of rugby does. So, you know, and the broadcast deal uh, that they did with BT has rolled over at the same amount of money. Which, okay, you might say during a pandemic, that's that's a good result. But there's also more games included in it because there's an extra team in the league, and that um, you know that doesn't equate. To, fine, you know, holding your own in a pandemic isn't a bad thing, but it doesn't equate to a league that is that is absolutely thriving commercially, and that's the that's the bit that that makes you think. Well, what's the point for uh, for CVC to be involved? Because they need to make massive sums of money in order for something to, in order to get their investment back, right? They've given a load of money to the clubs, and at the moment, I don't see where that massive paycheck is coming from, unless there is a big play here, which is a, a British and Irish league, a European league, a World League, something that is big enough to attract a massive amount of, um, of broadcaster or subscription money to the table. Yes. Mm. <laughs> should, we t- should we take a quick break and then we'll come back and have a chat about some of the rugby why not Boom. we'll be back yep. right away after this right welcome to the second half of the attacking scrum podcast to be honest in the first half I thought we'd be chatting absolute nonsense and that got a lot deeper than I was ever anticipating. It did, yeah, it did. Yeah. Right, let's take a quick look at the Rothmans rugby yearbook ninety five, ninety six. Um, <laughs> let's 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 have a quick look. Dan, I'm gonna test your memory of the era. Okay. Um, you're not gonna use this to have a dig at my club, are you? No, I did that I did that off air. Good, and good. um I we won know... we won yesterday, so I'm not I'm not listening if it's anything I, negative. No. I think I came off worse on the dig though. <laughs> well, yeah. I mean, respectively, Dan. If we look at the '94, '95 season, Glamorgan Rounders did not have their greatest season, finishing what did we say ninth in Division Three. Uh, yeah, so... Okay, so we are going there. Okay, we've got. No, no, no. I just, I was just. No, don't, because naturally, I'd be very scared to show my face in uh, in the in the clubhouse afterwards. Um, whereas, <laughs> whereas, whereas in Cowbridge, I'd put on my wine chinos and. Uh, and <laughs> Glamorgamondras is not like that. I'll have you know. God, I, uh, you're, you're, drag, you're dragging me into uh, it. Unless you're reffing, you? yeah. <laughs> I don't know what to say. <laughs> no, you, what... I don't know if you know. I mean, this might not be. Um, I don't know if it's allowed to be public. It must be public. That um, the WRU have written to all the member clubs in Wales about behaviour around officials. They seem to think that um, since since the COVID break uh, and since rugby started up again, that officials are not being treated with the same respect as they should be. Um, 
so there was a letter sent round, and to the, I mean, there are sides we've played against actually. The, the whole the whole bench and all the staff were cruising up and down the touchline, just haranguing the ref. You know that kind of thing where they're sliding up and down to follow the game, and they're just yeah. haranguing the ref the whole eighty minutes. And some some refs do get influenced by that kind of thing. If you badger them long enough, they start giving you decisions. So um, they've had to send a, a a letter out asking clubs to. Chill, chill out a bit, but uh, I, I do it, think it, these things come from top down, though, can't they? I mean, you can't help but look at that Lions series and the, you mm. know, the fact that mm. you had everything from the the bloody water, <laughs> you know, water carriers haranguing the ref to Razzy Erasmus's nonsense afterwards. Yeah, you know, it was just all of this, all of this kind of nonsense. I, I don't know if I don't know if it's um if it's just me, but watching games, it does feel like the days of marching players back ten yards for for back chat. Has kind of become um, like you know that's 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 kind of just not top of the agenda at the moment. And yeah, there used to be loads of it, didn't they? Yeah. Weirdly, it happened in the Exodus Assassins game. Billy yeah. Polo got marched back about thirty yards. Yeah, yeah. But the issue in, in yeah, I think Nick Berry did. He right. marched someone back, didn't he? Yeah. On, um, uh, on the weekend. The the issue in Wales is not necessarily players; it's um, su- supporters and. Touchlines and um, clubhouses. Uh, personally, I I don't think behaviour has changed mm. since the break. If you know, my, like the way I, <laughs> my, I, I actually I had to um, I was in my clubhouse and I had to give a talk uh, presentation, and I, I was saying uh, about this letter, and that um, my when I'm supporting my club, fifty percent is encouraging my own team. The other fifty percent is why isn't everything the opposition are doing a penalty ref? That's mm. basically what, in not so many words, right? Um, and that, I've always been like that, but well, since I retired, uh, um, and most of the old boys in my rugby club and other clubs are exactly the same. And I personally don't think I, I can't speak for lower divisions. Obviously, I mean, they might be it might be wild for all I know, but mm. I personally don't think in the championship has changed that much. I just think that. The break, 18 months maybe, with great break we had for competitive rugby and community that. level, so that's <laughs> championship and down. The break has made us realise how ridiculous it is the way we treat referees. Because the referees are there because they love rugby. I, as a young man, you couldn't, I couldn't understand what motivated a referee to be a mm. referee. It, it, it felt like when I was playing that they were just there to spoil my fun. You know, they were there just to get on my nerves. But now you realise when you're older... The referee is there because they love rugby and they want to be involved in rugby. Clubs around Wales re- repay their love of rugby by constantly bitching at them the whole time they're refereeing. So I think the break has made officials, governing bodies, referee associations realise that that is fucking, excuse my French, weird. Like weird. We can't play games without them. Hmm. And yet, be constantly on their back. So I think it's the break more than anything else. I, I'm not sure how much um, um, behaviour has changed. We've always been assholes to refs. <laughs> it's, 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 it's like a national pastime in Welsh rugby. You know, if, if you yeah. go if you go to a local club uh, anywhere around Wales on match day, the biggest topic of duh the ref, duh, hmm. do you see him? The ref. That's the, that's <laughs> the biggest talking point in every rugby. That's very club. true. They're all yeah, the, oh, true. that ref. What was he doing? People are going forward in that scrum and he penalised, you know, it's just constant conversations like that. Um, you know, uh, there's good and bad referees, obviously, same as there's good and bad players. 
So it, it's going to be a thing, but we just need to realise that without mm. these complete lunatics who are willing to referee games, why would you why would you volunteer for that? We can't play. Yeah. So everyone's just got to chill out. And that's what I. If so I, I think... it was it was from Geraint John that letter. So at the end, I would have said, uh, "By the way, chill out, Geraint John." Yeah. <laughs> but I, you know, I get the. Um... I get, you know, the fans and supporters having a, having a bitch and a moan in the clubhouse, and like, you know, we we do we do the same thing on here every week after um, Matthew after Reynolds Wales have played yeah, after Matthew, Matthew Reynolds, right? Yeah, yeah. And um, and that that is is kind of is one thing. I think if you've got the bench, you know, the replacements haranguing the ref from the touchline, yeah. I I kind of think well, that's that's the kind of thing actually where you should be marched back ten, whether you're on the pitch or not. You know, yeah. if if a, if a member of your team is uh, of your match day squad is um, is abusing the ref, oh, and, the know, co- and the coaches, by the way, and the coaches, yeah, 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 that's what yeah, I mean. Yeah. The whole, you know, the whole, yeah, 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 yeah. The, the whole setup. Well, um, it, uh, we started <clears throat> playing in August. I've only seen one referee tell any side to go back to their technical area and shut up. Yeah. Only one. The stick from the stick from the crowd, though, as well, is massive in the. In the community game, isn't it? Though it's, it, it really is like mm-hmm. next yeah. level, like mm-hmm. really quite aggressive, though as well. It's, it, well, um, it's like psychological warfare, warfare, Dan. Yeah, yeah, the constant yeah. Har- haranguing until you do what they want. Yeah, that's what it is. Yeah, I think I said Nick Berry earlier as well, didn't I? Which is uh, did, yeah. It might have been yeah. Nick Berry. It might have been Luke Pierce. I'm not sure. Luke Pierce, it was. Yeah, mm-hmm. yeah. Berry wouldn't be reffing yeah. over here, would he? No. Don't think so, but um, similar similar I, looking guy. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. That's what I got confused. <laughs> um, Shall we have a look at the uh, at the Pro Fourteen? Pro Fourteen, sorry, UFC. Correct myself. Um, games uh, games from the weekend. Yeah. Oh, we do uh, need to come back to the Rothmans. Uh, <laughs> we do need a little. Oh, I was yeah. Little, I was I was just going to test your knowledge of the. Um, oh geez. Yeah, the, yeah. Take uh, up smoking again after this discussion. <laughs> <laughs> I've never smoked, by the way. But you know, no, you're too much of an athlete, Murph. That's, why. that's right. Yeah, 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 yeah. Too committed. Um, do you remember the Swaylick Cup final, ninety four, ninety five? I do. Okay, right. right. Here we go. Here we go. Let's have a let's have a guess for the the two sides competing in this uh, in Cardiff in this one. Murph, you, you have your guess for your two sides first and then Dan can guess. I, I, well, I've got one as Cardiff. I can't think of the other might be. Maybe Swansea. Dan? I'm going to go with Neath. Stop looking for a reaction. What's the other? <laughs> Newbridge. Oof. That's way out of left field. Um, no, it was... Uh, it, Murph got one of them. So Swansea beat Pontypridd. Uh, um, Seventeen points to twelve uh, in a game that was um, largely remembered for uh, for Jinx missing a few kicks, which very very obviously as we know yeah, very rarely happened. Yeah, and yeah. um, he had probably the only off day, I'd say from the tee, but from the sand. Um, yeah. <laughs> and yeah. Uh, and yeah, but some cracking lineups here, Dan. You you will love this one. Right, any? Uh, I'll give you. I'll give you a point for any players you can name in either of those sides, Dan. Oh, I can. I so Ponty, uh, Nigel Bazzani. I knew you'd go for Bazzani. <laughs> of course, <laughs> Steel absolutely. Lewis. Steel, Steel Lewis, Lewis, yeah, absolutely. 
Um, oh, well, there's, another, there's another one with Steel Lewis. You got yeah, to tap his, in there. His brother, wasn't it? Exactly. Yeah. I loved Steel Lewis. He was um, hard, allegedly. Yeah, allegedly I did. Hard. Yeah. Proper hard nut. Yeah, yeah. Uh, so we was we would add in there. We would have had. Uh... Oh, there's a couple in the back row. You should get. Think Ponty. Rich, um, oh. Macintosh would have been there. there yeah, and I wouldn't put you off what you were about to say before that. Richie Collins. Richie Collins oh, was there with the him. Globe Trotter. Matthew Lloyd. <laughs> favourites. Matthew Lloyd completes Matthew. the back row. Yeah. Thank you. Matthew Lloyd. PE yeah. teacher at my daughter's school. Otherwise, I would have had no chance. <laughs> <laughs> We're doing well here. <laughs> yeah. Let's go through the second row now. <laughs> Murphy in the second row. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. The second the second row. I was I was struggling to uh, struggling to recollect. Uh, second row was Prosser and Rowley or Rowley. Oh, right. oh, yeah. Um, oh, yeah. I don't know. Um, John in Phil. Phil yes. John Hooker, Phil yeah. John. So Phil and John Pizzani a... and yeah. Metcalf. Oh, I wouldn't have got uh, that. No, I wouldn't have got that. Actually. So Di Manley on the wing. Uh, yes, Di Manley was on the one wing. Geraint P. Lewis or Geraint O. Lewis, should I say, on the other wing? No, it wasn't. On the other wing is someone who. Um, uh, tweets a lot. Jarvis. Oh, uh, no, not Jarvis. Owen Robbins. Owen Robbins he, was on the wing. Oh, yeah. right, jeez. Owen Robbins. Uh, and then the, did, did someone say Cormac as well? Yeah, McCormack. Yeah, Cormac was fullback. Yeah, was he? I was going <laughs> to yeah. say the ginger guy. We're on fire, yeah. Oh, um, yeah. Swansea team's going to be easier, by the way. Oh yeah, the Swansea Brent. team. Yeston's um, going to be gutted. He went to a gig it... tonight <laughs> as well, isn't he? Uh, Brett David. Brett Davidson. Are you going to say, man? I, yeah, Davy, Davy, so. yeah, yeah, Davey, yeah, yeah. yeah he, he played for Caffilly then, didn't he? I think. In the black yeah, and white quarter, he was there. always in that kit, wasn't he? Yeah, yeah. 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 Brett Davy wasn't uh, didn't feature. Maybe would he, would he have been at Caffilly by then, or was that much later? Much probably, later, yeah. yeah, probably. Yeah, yeah. Cormac had a lovely grey sort of wave, didn't he? <laughs> Go running through <laughs> yeah. his whole hair, <laughs> yeah. like a skunk. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, like a skunk. Yeah, yeah. There was a seemed to be a trend of really tall full fullbacks in those days. He was yeah. well over six foot. Yeah, Brett Davy one small. No. Right, that was. Is that everyone? I think we got. Obviously, we, we, I know the half packs we haven't mentioned. Obviously, one we have mentioned. Well, if, uh, Paul John, wasn't it? Well, Paul John, you haven't mentioned. That's correct. And obviously, outside half was Neil Jenkins. Neil, yeah, James. Neil Jenkins. So that that's the. I can name the coach then. as well if you like. <laughs> I would like, yeah. Paul John's dad. I'm guessing you're right. It doesn't say, but I'm going to take, oh, right, I'm going to take okay. your word for it. Right. Yeah, um, a hell of a stint, didn't he? Yeah, uh, Swansea side. Yeah, this is this should be this should be a bit easier. Uh, Clement. Clement, a fullback. You've skippered him as well. Yeah. Yeah, lovely bit of weight on him as well. He had, didn't he? By then, he probably did. Yeah. <laughs> I don't. I don't remember him being particularly big. Tony Clement. Um, Alan yeah. Harris. On the Alan wing. Harris on the wing. Simon Davis on the other wing. Simon Davis on the other wing. God, this is weird. Uh, so <laughs> in the centre is going to be Mark Taylor and Gibbs? No, before. But, uh, Gibbs, he had gone to um, uh, St. Helens by then. But he wasn't uh, back? No. Oh. He, came back, he came back just in time for the Lions, didn't he? 97. Oh, right, right, right. right. Uh, okay. No, uh, and no Mark Taylor either, actually. Oh, oh, oh no, I'm struggling. Matt Cardi. Uh, no, not Matt Cardi. He didn't play for Swansea, did he? No, he was I just obsessed with ginger rugby players. Yeah, he's <laughs> Newport and Clenetley. Um, no, in the centre, to, uh, a another rugby family. 
Oh. You'd probably associate more with Scarlet than uh, than than Swansea. Oh, Boobia. Yeah, that's okay. that's, that's uh, who's that in the middle? Is that Roddy in the middle then? Uh, I can't remember uh, which was which. One yeah, was a flanker, and one was yeah. The so centre. he was in the centre. Yeah. That's, there was three think, of them, there. Yeah, there was another one. Yeah. Yeah. But the, the third one wasn't as good as the other two. Is that fair to say? I mean, that, might, that might be libel. Well, I can check yeah. with our lawyers before we broadcast. Well, well, yeah, I'll, con- I'll consult with um, I'll consult with our legal team. Yeah. Um, the other centre, Guildford Legal. The, uh, <laughs> the other, the other, the other centre is a new one on me. But can I'm you give probably, us a clue? Um, don't know that I can, to be honest. No, um, full name. <laughs> the initials are DW. Yeah, go on. Weatherly. Oh, oh right. Uh, yeah, he wasn't a stalwart, was he? Uh, right. Maybe Mark Taylor was injured then, was he? I don't know. Um, again, yes, yes, to be able to tell us all this. Ah, oh, halfbacks are great. Yeah, Rob Jones, late Rob, Rob Jones. Jones. Yeah, and then Alid Davis. Uh, Alid, not Davis. Oh, oh, um, didn't he? Isn't Alid Davis the snowman? That's Alid Jones, isn't it? Yeah. That's Alid Jones. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, obviously, we're in the right ballpark here. Aled, I'm thinking of the stumpy little dark-haired guy. That's yeah, him, that's but it's I'm not thinking. Davis. Oh, right, yeah. I got his name wrong. He I? was Aled Williams. Aled, Aled Williams. Williams, yeah. Aled Aled Williams. Williams. I mean, I could have just gone through Welsh names until I got him right. <laughs> Williams, Thomas, <laughs> Jones. Right, front, front row. Too okay, early. here we go. Ben Evans, too early? Too early for Ben Evans. Too Garin, early for Garin, Wales, though. Garin, Garin Jenkins. Loder. Christian Loder, absolutely. Colclough. Yes, thank oh, you. Yes. Oh, thank you. Why were we talking? Why were we talking about all that shite in the first half when we could have just been naming naming <laughs> players from the nineties? I'm top of the class for cold cloth. Ah, se- second row, second row. This is good get the as well. Rothmans out now for all of us. <laughs> Paul Arnold. Paul Arnold's one of them. Hard man. Um, and a, a big, uh, I think a big triathlete later on as well. Oh, I spoke really? to him once. Yeah, um, you didn't have going back to the Rothmans thing. You didn't have to be a smoker in the nineties. You'd have ten fags just by going to the pub. Yeah, ten passive true. fags just ten by having a few pints. Yeah, we were all well, smokers in the nineties, basically. Not, if you went to a pub, not, not just the nineties. It was yeah. only two thousand seven. It went, wasn't it? Which yeah, sure. But I spent more time in them in the nineties. <laughs> <laughs> much more, much more time in pubs in the nineties. So maybe I was having twenty a day at that stage. I don't know. Um, the other second row. Yeah, the second row. And it's too late for the Moriarty, isn't it, Richard? Too late, for, yeah. But uh, but I tell you what, the Moriarty, obviously Moriarty uh, family. This is another. This is another one with a a rugby playing son. No, oh no, he's not. Is it? Is that oh, Andy name? Moore. Andy, that's his nephew, isn't it? Uh, Andy, it's Andy Moore's nephew. Yeah. Yeah. Steve's son. Yeah. Andy Moore. Yeah. Yeah. I I I met him. He's a scary looking guy. He's massive, isn't he? Yeah, his eyes are scary as well. As well as being huge, he looks at you like, oh, all right, okay, you could easily pull my arms off. I'm, I'm going to be very, really polite too. Yeah. Which, which just leaves the back row. Have okay. we named any of the back row? No, we haven't. No, no not yet. You've been, you've been uh, Stuart Davis is still going in the mid-90s. Stuart, and he scored a try. Yeah. Richard Davis Webster was gone or was he back? No, Webster was not yet back. Oh, oh here we go. Uh, like a, a a West Wales hero, Alan Reynolds. Alan Reynolds, that is that's correct. Wow. And the other, and the other, the number eight, um, the number eight scored a try as well. You mean Stuart Davis played blindside? Uh, I don't know what he played here, unless he, uh, he may, uh, maybe eight, no, maybe Davis played eight, and this okay. fella played uh, played open side. But 
He definitely would have played eight, I thought. Okay. Hmm. Open side, we're, we're the only one. Yeah. Um, you know him. I played for Swansea for years, I think. Oh, damn it. Was it, did he go into coaching? Apple Yard. Apple Yard. Apple Yard. Uh, yeah, so you just said coaching, Apple. it came to me. <laughs> yeah, was it? Yeah, Rob He did Apple go into Yard. coaching, yeah. That's did right, he? yeah. Nice yeah. player, and, Rob Apple Yard. And to, and to wrap this up, who is, uh, did he play for Wales, Apple Yard? Yeah. Yeah, he had a cap, didn't he? A cap. To, to finish it then, who was, the, who was the Swansea coach on that day? Um, uh, 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 our man, what's his name? Uh, coach Wales, uh, Mike Ruddock. Mm. Mike Ruddock. Yeah, yeah. Well, that's brilliant. I'm coming back to that. I'm coming back to that every week. That was so good. <laughs> yeah, I mean, I you, need to go, you need to go further back and get Yestin on. <laughs> we're gonna go, you're going to go further back. Maybe in gonna, element. <laughs> I'm going to get on eBay and I'm going to buy Rothman's Rugby Yearbook, 1979-80. Yestin will be all over that. Were they all Rothman's or did they share it around the other cigarette companies? No, Rothman's had the, had the run of it. Okay. Had the absolute run of it, yeah. But I'm trying to think like, what the... Um, if there was an equivalent to this, I'd buy that today. I mean, I presumably not a cigarette branded one, but um, no, you could bring that back, Jed. Do you reckon? Yeah. Dangerous like... time. Yeah, dangerous time to go into publishing right now, though, isn't it? Like, I, I don't think <laughs> with a cigarette. Do you think young kids are as are as nerdy about sport as we were now? Because no, we, I mean, we didn't have streaming things. It'd be all, no. all the internet or. Games consoles. We did have games consoles in the nineties. They just weren't as mm. all-consuming as they are now. You know, yeah, I doubt def- if... definitely not. I, I used I, to I, pore I, over programs. I mean, oh, pore yeah. over them. Loved Every the single program. word of the program is read. Yeah, you'd oh, read it. You'd read it a couple of times, wouldn't you? Mm. I thought. Yeah, I'm going. I'm going to have to because there's a few other bits I brought back with me as well. But um, oh. I'll, um, I'll I'll dig it out. I'll dig it out another time. Um, Can't wait for next week already. Now. I know. Yeah. <laughs> We'd have to change the name of this <laughs> podcast to Rothman's Weekly. <laughs> uh, do you know what? I, I love to think that there's like a marketing director at Rothman's who <laughs> has been sat there, you know, unable to spend any money because you can't market cigarettes anymore. Just thinking, or sponsor oh. snooker. Yeah, or sponsor <laughs> snooker, or yeah, or sponsor Williams F1, or any of that. Yeah, yeah, any Formula who, One cars. Who's yeah. going to? Who's going to write a massive check to us? Um, and just yeah. say right, yeah. Just just keep talking about what Happ- you're doing. I'll... Happily, he's just falling check. off his chair now. Isn't check. he saying, "I knew it would happen." <laughs> yeah. I knew it. <laughs> yeah, I imagine he probably has fallen off his chair. Smoke early, responsibly, kids. Yeah. That's what I would exactly, say. Exactly. Yeah. Please, <laughs> please smoke responsibly. <laughs> um, Not what my mates did uh, in the '90s on a trip to um, Prague to see how many sm- cigarettes they could smoke in a single day competition oh, that's, true, a, that's a true story honestly true story. that gives that, that makes my headache just thinking about it yeah, i think it made their headache as well i'm i'm intrigued to know the <laughs> how many it was Murphy. Uh, um it's in excess of 60 but i couldn't i'll have to double check i'll have to text a few people to find out how many cigarettes this one right that's, that's your homework for this week yeah, next week. And, and you know they did it while they were going around museums <laughs> <laughs> in prague yeah uh, yeah brilliant I know, very sophisticated actually. They must have looked really clever. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, that's a, that's a, that's a very very. Um... Just contemplating a statue with like three cigarettes <laughs> in your hands. <laughs> very cultured. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> oh, God. This is brilliant. But yeah, get us get us a, a a confirmed number for that next week, Murph. I want to know. I want to know what the uh, 
what the winning official adjudicated number was. Um, it's a chance they got so drunk they can't remember what the total was, but it, they'll have a ballpark figure. We did look up the other day. Um, who was I talking to? I was talking to someone about the, you know, the famous uh, David Boone, the cricketer, drinking um, drinking cans on the flight from Sydney to uh, Sydney to London or whichever way round it was. And I struggled to I struggled to um, to remember what it is now, but we actually looked up what the number was. I mean, it's, it's absurd. Like you think yeah. that yeah, the the sheer volume that you must have been consuming um, during that point in time. But yeah, let, get us a get us a ratified number for next. I used week. to have yeah. a, a, a few drinks on a plane, but it, mm. after a while, it, you, you go back and forth to the toilet so much, it gets to be that you're like, well, I think I'll just have a kip instead. You know what I mean? Does anyone yeah. else get that? Yeah, I like it. I like a few drinks on a plane, but I know what you mean. Like, I, the, everyone's sick of the sight of you because you're up yeah. there so much. <laughs> yeah, yeah, you definitely want an aisle seat. Do you remember what a plane was, Dan? <laughs> Sorry, Jed, what was that? I was just having a Rothmans. The smooth, the smooth. Sorry, I was just distracted by the smooth, cool, <laughs> taste smooth, of it. toasted taste. Yeah. It's like a turning episode of Mad Men. It's it really is, yeah. nice. When I'm not busy selling million-pound houses, being a success, <laughs> being a successful real estate agent, I enjoy the cool taste yeah. of a Rothmans. <laughs> Yeah. More, more of this nonsense to come. Should we wrap up by talking about the um, talk about the, the two games that did take place? I'm not sure I want to, to be honest. But um, uh, but let's let's have a quick look. So the Ospreys went got back to winning ways by uh, by grinding out a win against Ulster, which I saw the first half an hour of this and then saw the highlights. Um, this this has kind of been their their blueprint for success, really, isn't it? It's, if their if their defence goes well, they'll eke out some penalties. They'll kick them. And and they'll stay in the game for long enough to be hard to beat, which is the opposite to everything you were saying about the the kind of the Gallagher Premiership, Murph. But it's uh, it's getting some results for them, isn't it? Yeah, I, I, and they got that big uh, Jacqueline Hyde thing above mm. uh, uh, Connaught away. They were, as we yeah, said last yeah. week, they were shite, like really poor, and they've reacted with a great win against Ulster, who just beaten Leinster last week. Um, Reese Davis was good again. The guy we mentioned he's before. A, he's a good player. Nice player. He's got to. He's got to be knocking yeah. on the door. I think. Come, come the Six yeah. Nations. Um, and Just also so much graft, didn't he? Yeah. And also um, Thomas Francis and Nicky Smith just dominated yeah. the scrums, which is weird. It's weird. It always feels a bit weird with a with a Welsh club dominating the scrums. I don't know why. Because it's just so rare. Um, That's uh, another big. Um, Big scrummaging performance by Nicky then, isn't it? Because he's done it. Exactly. He's done it before against against yeah. I, I, Munster, wasn't it? He did against Munster. Yeah. yeah. It won't stop him picking Roger Jones again, though. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Uh, we, as as we look ahead to next week, though, obviously you head into into European duty, um, and the Ospreys are, the Ospreys have got Sale at home. What do you uh, what do you make of that one, Murph? I mean, it's. Uh, They've, they've got to be targeting Europe and, and thinking this is a chance to have a you know, this is a chance to kind of at least get a few um, put together some good performances even if it's not I've no idea how you get out of the pool in the 2021 uh, mid-Covid <laughs> yeah. Uh, yeah well uh, European uh, Cup yeah it, it, I think in a normal year it would be if they didn't have so many injuries they would definitely mm. uh, Sale have been actually uh, not the side they were last season yeah. I think it's got possibly quite a bit to do with Faster clerk being absent a lot, um, but 
I think they. I think like on uh, to uh, this weekend's form and, and the other good performances they've put in, they they could beat Sale at home. But um, I just would be much more confident if they had more of the big names available. I mean, they will get Anscom and Webb in tandem again next weekend, so it's not impossible. But uh, any Heineken, idea that they're going to go... Cup weekend one, you really want Tipperick and Alan Wynne Jones in your side, don't you? Yeah. It's just that extra level of proper world class player. And, yeah. you know, the, the you know, they've obviously they they put together some good performances and like you said, you know, players like Reese Davis have been fantastic and um at really stepping up. But it is just one of those games where that extra level you know, two players with bloody three hundred caps to their name, mm. um, would be would be bloody nice. And also like you know, they, I think they are capable of beating Sale at home next week, but if they do I can't see him beating many teams away with the yeah. number of people uh, missing at the moment. That would be a bit of a, a stretch, but um, uh, it's possible. You know, when when they're hot, they're really hot. Um, quick word for the Dragons, who uh, again, kind of, I mean, pretty much as we predicted, really, um, were never in that game. Were kind of blown away after half an hour, and. Um, it seems to be a, a familiar story, really. If the if the first fifteen is fit, they can give people a game, but they're also not they're not winning games. Um, you know, like we said at the start of the season, they had a chance to beat the Ospreys, it didn't. Um, they had a couple of other couple of other opportunities. Cardiff springs to mind, um, and haven't put these put, haven't put these sides away. It's in danger of becoming a, a familiar story, isn't it, Dan? Uh, um, at the Dragons, what um, you know, realistically, what's the, what's the rest of the season got in store for them? Do you target a Challenge Cup run here? Yeah, I think... I don't know. It's difficult for the Dragons, isn't it? You sort of... A little bit hot and cold. Um, you know, the squad looks to be far improved, don't you think? Um, certainly on... You know, certainly on paper, but... You know, there's been some... Some pretty heavy losses, isn't there, really? Um you know, again. So yeah, it's just hot. Seems to be seems to be blowing hot and cold, hot and cold. I um, yeah. I think this year I probably expected a bit more from, you know, from the dragons really. In all honesty, but um, the one highlight, fair. the one highlight really was that win in Connacht, and then other than that, it's been a series of missed opportunities and the occasional, the occasional old dragons performance in there. Um, and that's not what you want. But again, you know, like we said, the you know, I, I think the squad got stronger. But well, they, they recruited well, should I say, given the circumstances. Um, but it's still, you know, it's still a thin squad. Yeah, um, it is. Yeah. When you lose a couple of players, it, it gets very, very thin very quickly. Yeah, it's it is a thin squad, and yeah, I, I mean, I've I've enjoyed I've enjoyed quite a lot of the of what the Dragons have been looking to do, and a lot of a lot of the way in which they've been playing. That um, at times, but then there's been some bits as well that's been really sloppy, you know, too many sort of loose errors, and that's that's probably the biggest thing, isn't it? That you think that quite a lot of it could be cut out, so then you get a bit disheartened, don't you? Because there, a lot of them are, si- are quite simple errors that it, it 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 may not lead to them if they cut them out and win in the game, but certainly you know you're a lot you're a lot more competitive, and then. You know, you get a few more fifty-fifties, and, and 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 everything, everything can look a lot more, a lot more rosier. But yeah, you know, it was a di- 
disappointing weekend for the Dragons, wasn't it? And Dragon supporters. Well, I mean, what do you reckon, Murph? I mean, what you know, what can they do to kind of salvage the season? Oh, God knows. I, I, I was surprised that, that that was a strong side today. Mm. Yeah, like, um, uh, Rollins is back. Roberts was there with Nyowen in the centre. His back row was strong. It was only like Elliot D and Scrum Harvey. Started with Babos. That's the first yeah. start for Babos in a long time. It's the first, first, yeah. I mean, he's, he's barely featured since that, that season when he played when he was 17. You know? Yeah, and he's probably barely 20 now. But he's, you know, he's been around a long time already. So, um, other than that, I mean, that's a strong, that's a strong side they put out. But you know, if you catch Glasgow on a good day at home, that can happen to a lot of sides. So, I, I wouldn't be too despondent with thirty-three, fourteen up there. You know, uh, after the autumn internationals and, and prior to the uh, Europe getting going, it's it's not. As bad as it sounds, I don't think, and they can easily, mm. with this team back out on the field or near to it, back out on the field in a home fixture in the next few weeks, they, they could easily play much better and, and get better results, I think. I, I think the frustrating one, I think you're always going to get results like that, where, like you say, you catch Glasgow on a on a good day at home and you get blown away after half an hour and you know whatever the scoreline is, you've never been in the game. I think the frustrating thing has been the near misses at home Towards the start of the season, and that's the that's the thing that I, I was hoping you know would be the, the corner that um, that we turn this year. Looking ahead to next week, it's Perpignan away, which obviously on paper sounds terrifying, but I think Perpignan have, have been really struggling in the in the top fourteen and will be, you know, you know, like we say in the, with the French sides, you you concentrate on they either, they either concentrate on Europe if they get a decent run. Or they completely ignore it because the top fourteen is more important. Well, if you're if you're in a relegation scrap in the top fourteen, that's definitely that's definitely the case. So I I can't imagine they're going to be taking it massively seriously. I mean, God knows, Perpignan on seconds could still probably could still probably um, do as over convincingly. But it might be one of those games. It's worth it's worth looking at, you know, as a a tar- you know a targetable fixture rather than resting everyone. But yeah, the the selections will tell you everything, won't they? Yeah. Um... I, I could see uh, the Dragons taking it easy a little bit in Europe mm-hmm. and then concentrating on their next league game myself, which yeah. I would imagine is like over Christmas. Yeah, well, from now it'll be, because we've, we've got two weekends of Heineken Cup, haven't we? Then we're into Boxing Day, mm-hmm. uh, fit, well, inverted commas, Boxing Day fixtures, yeah. Yeah, Blue Scarlet's on, uh, sorry, Cardiff Scarlet's on uh, Boxing Day. Should have full sides back by then, fingers crossed. Well, yeah, let's let's quickly touch on that, um, which I thought we were going to spend a lot of the show talking about. I mean, Cardiff could have uh, could have kids out next week. They could have, I don't know, players lent to them by the Ospreys or something. If that um, mm. if that's an option, but uh, yeah, like you said, look, it was always going to be a tall order uh, against against Toulouse because they're one of the best sides in Europe. But at the same time, you want it's just it's just not what you need, is it? Because you could have had uh, pre-Christmas, a bumper crowd, people getting on it in the, in the Arms Park, and who knows? You you know, Toulouse have an off day. It's it's twelve points to fourteen with uh, you know with with ten minutes to go, and whatever happens, then you've had a great game that you know that that gets gets some interest um, uh, around the club. And listen, that, I, that's all you can want, you know. I, I would pay to see if Toulouse are near full strength. I would pay to yeah. see them. Yeah, yeah, you know, if you're going to get into Mac and uh, oh, I might be taking the wrong club. Uh, it might be too long. Anyway, the, the, uh, 
Some of the beginning, a team playing in red, beginning with T in France, has got some good players, and uh, they, they they play an attractive brand of rugby when they're on it. So Entomac that, that, that does, does play for Tilly. Yeah, yeah. Dupont as well. I think he does. Yeah, the books yeah. lose. Yeah. So I mean, the, possibly the halfback pairing in the world at the moment. Um, well, that's yeah, a, it's, that's it's, a draw I mean, on its own, and they're just going to end up running mm-hmm. rings around a bunch of academy boys from Cardiff instead. And I mean, uh, just on a like a business basis, Cardiff has sold tickets, and they've yeah. just inc- they've just incurred massive costs in South Africa. I don't I don't know if they, I don't know if anyone's going to help them or bail them out or anything like that. So they've well, incurred ma- massive costs in South Africa, and they need to mm-hmm. they need to be in a situation where they don't have to give all these ticket money back. Mm-hmm. So you know, they could be um, some re- like Dan Fish people like that are going to be on the pitch against Toulouse. I I'd be astonished if he isn't. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Well, that's yeah. I mean, that's 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 what the. That's what they're going to be calling on. Anyone who's still attached to the club and got a bit of experience is going to be um, called on for next Saturday. It'd be really, it'd be really probably <laughs> as interesting as a Welsh selection, that Cardiff team, I would say. Yeah, well, we'll keep, we'll keep our eyes on it and obviously we'll be reacting to this um, next year. Obviously, Scarlett's, um, you know, in, in theory in action as well. Like you say, for those reasons, they, they will be... Um, they will be in action, but it's uh, it's just um, yeah, it's just stinking luck for um, for both these sides, isn't it? That it's going to be so disruptive to the season. And thing is, I think the thing you know when you were talking in the first half, Murph, the thing that um, is so frustrating is if it was the third round fixture of the Heineken Cup and they'd already lost two, mm. it doesn't matter. Do you know what yeah. I mean? It's just the fact that it's the first, where it's that that point in the season where things are uh, things are exciting. Yeah, um, but looking at Cardiff's group, you know they, they, they're not, they're not going to go anywhere in this group. You know, but mm. it, it's just for me, it's just the, it's just the the business side of it. Yeah. They need they need one of these tickets, otherwise they're um, they're even further out of pocket than they are already. Yeah, and yeah, similar similar, I imagine uh, applies to the Scarlets who are at, at home to Bordeaux. So um, that's yeah, winnable. Well, it, yeah. You, if you had if you had your side available, yeah. <laughs> this yeah. is it. Yeah, this is it. It's the the mad uh, the mad situation we find ourselves in. But mm. anyway, we'll be reacting to that next week. Um, a thank you to the Mighty Murph. A thank you to Dan Killick. A thank you to our sponsors who uh, are not Rothmans, but are uh, <laughs> but are uh, of course the good people at So Coffee Trades. If you want to uh, get some good quality coffee, you can do that at SoCoffeeTrades.co.uk. And I think you can still get some Christmas gifts and stuff on there as well. So if there is someone who loves coffee in uh, in your family. Um, then get on there and uh, and make sure you sort them out. Um, Right, that's it for this week. We'll be back to chat rugby with you next week. Sports Social Podcast Network.